back to Who's There. I'm your host, Allison. If you're new here, thank you for joining us. If you're returning, thank you for coming back. This is a podcast where I talk to a new horror fan every week because I hope to destigmatize what it means to be a horror movie fan. Because most of us are just regular people who like the adrenaline rush of being scared for some reason. And here we delve into those reasons. I'm so excited to share this conversation with you all because this week we have Erica Schultz on the podcast. She is the co-host of the Unsung Horrors podcast in which she and her co-host Lance review horror movies with under 1,000 views on Letterboxd. I learned a ton during our chat because my exposure to obscure horror movies is few and far between. We also talked a lot about Italian horror, so I also learned a lot in, in that way too because I realized I'd need to brush up on my Italian horror. One last thing before we get into this episode, if you love the show and you haven't yet left us a review on iTunes, I'd be so grateful if you could take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to our feed wherever you listen to us. It really helps people find us when we have more reviews, so thank you to everyone who's already left us one. It's really appreciated. I don't want to give everything away up front, so let's get into this episode with Erica Schultz. Hey, hey Erica, how are you? I'm great. How about yourself? I'm good. Thank you. Uh, thank you for being here. Do you want to start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure. So um, I ho- co-host a podcast called Unsung Horrors, which is about underseen horror movies. Um, my co-host Lance and I actually follow a really specific rule um, that we have to cover movies that have fewer than 1,000 views on Letterboxd. Um, so lots of hidden gems out there that we like sharing with folks. And uh, yeah, we're both here in Austin, Texas. So there's a really great film community here. And uh, we've met a lot of really cool people, not just doing the podcast, but also just here in Austin. That is amazing. Um, I was looking at your past episodes and I've heard of none of those movies. So I was like, which one do I listen to first? Um, <laughs> <We're doing> but- <laughs> um, and that's cool that you're in Austin. I'm actually going to come visit Austin in, uh, I think June. So nice. I hear, I hear it's fun. So I'm it excited is. about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so first things first, what's your favorite scary movie? This is okay. This is always a tough one because I usually will follow it back up with a, I will usually redirect and say, well, you, you're going to need to narrow it down for me to subgenre and decade and so on and so forth. So, um, but instead of doing that, I think I would probably say that the movies that I have rewatched the most would be a tie between Romero's Dawn and Day of the Dead. Um, I go back and forth between which one I love more pretty much every time I rewatch one or the other. Oh, cool. Very, very classic. Um, yeah. Would you say that they're your comfort horror? They're part of it. Yeah. It, you know, comfort depending on, on the mood um, that can vary, very, you know, that can vary widely. Yeah, totally. Um, so how did you first fall in love with the horror genre? Um, I, I think a lot of it has to do with you know, being a video store kid. Um, So I'm 42. And so I had plenty of time to spend a lot of time at the video store growing up and just going there. And I think the VHS covers of these movies is really what drew me in. And I was like, oh my God, this looks so cool. What is this? Um, that That was just a big part of it. And luckily I had a mom who was like trusted me to watch whatever I wanted. And I didn't, I didn't really get scared. So 
and I didn't, you know, I never woke up with nightmares and my mom never had to comfort me after watching something. So I did watch a lot of stuff, probably a lot earlier than most people should, but I don't think it had any sort of negative impact on me. Well, that's good. How old were you when you saw your first horror movie? Um, I want to say six or seven, probably. Um, yeah, I think it was at a sleepover and um, we watched, uh, I'm trying to remember if that was the actual first one. I have a hard time answering that one. My memory is pretty <laughs> yeah, bad, no, but. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> um, so why do you think that people who seem perfectly sane love the horror genre? Um, I think I would say that people who are perfectly sane watch the horror genre, like kind of the, like the inverse of that a little bit. I, I think a lot of it has to do with the, um, the fan base in it and like the communication that people develop with one another. And also that it's not just movies, but there's this whole other world out there like horror conventions and things like that like I know there's like comic-con and wizard world for all the nerds um but I mean like we're not no... we're not nerdy <laughs> <laughs> but like there's no rom-com conventions or anything like that there, there's tons of other things and so I think this sort of social aspect um helps people to communicate with each other better um I, I think also that and again, going back to the nerds, like they have their own debates, like Marvel versus DC. And it's like, I don't know. And I don't care, but horror nerds will constantly be debating, you know, this versus that remake versus original Freddy versus, you know, whatever it may be. And so, you know, those are life skills actually that you're developing. There is the ability to debate and to agree to disagree, which, you know, I'm still working on my agree to disagree, but, um, I think that's a big part of it too. And just the fact that, again, getting back to the sort of communication part of it is that horror movie people like to talk about movies so, so much. And, you know, just podcasts, for example, if you look at film and television podcasts, and then if you look at, well, what movie genre is covered the most, like specifically outside of just general movies, I could say with like 90% certainty that horror movie podcasts are probably at the top. Yeah. Um, I think because I think that's probably true because horror movies need so much more analyzing because people just assume that they're just mindless violence. And yeah. that's, that's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, absolutely. I'd agree with that. Yeah. I'm still working on the whole agree to disagree thing because my, my line has always been, okay, we can agree to disagree and that I'm right. So, <laughs> and they're like, wait, what? That sounds like, like me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think I know the answer based on your favorite movies, but do you have any favorite horror directors? Yeah, uh, Romero is definitely one of them. Um, I love Italian horror though. That's probably one of my, if we're gonna subgenre it, I would I would say that's it. And um, that's hard to pick. Like I, I, I think Lucio Fulci would probably be at the top there, very closely followed by Argento and Mario Bava, but there's a lot of other ones that have, oh, but I love that movie so much too. So that's a hard pick. A um, couple of others would be uh, Terrence Fisher, who's done a lot of Hammer movies, um, David Cronenberg, 
would be another, I could go on and on. We're going to have to go to the next one. <laughs> I won't stop. <laughs> uh, so I haven't watched much um, Italian horror. I saw the remake of Suspiria. Is mm-hmm. it Italian? That's Italian, right? It, it was an Italian director. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's one of the few reasons that it's one of like five remakes that I can count on my hand <laughs> that I actually like. So <laughs> yeah, it was, there was a lot going on. I didn't get all of it. I might need to go back and rewatch it, but um so what is it about Italian horror that you like? Because I think it's Italian horror is usually, usually really intense and often very violent. I think Cannibal Holocaust is an Italian horror film. So. It, it is, yeah. And and um, cannibal movies uh, are not my favorite. I, I, do, I do like a lot of them, but there's a lot that I won't rewatch and a lot of it has to do with the animal violence in it that it's, I, I know I'm getting into it if I watch it, but as a whole, um, sort of a subcategory within Italian horror is giallo. And so I really like murder mysteries, even though I don't, I'm not really a fan of like true crime so much, but um, I, I really love that, that genre. And, but just Italian horror in general, things like, you know, full cheese gates of hell trilogy and zombie, um, you know, Argento's Suspiria and, and Inferno, like, it's the suspension of logic where they just sort of don't feel like they have to abide by the rules and are just like, I'm just going to have a, a storm of maggots flying at people and I don't care. And so the fact that they just didn't feel restrained or need to hold back anything is what I really like. I love gore movies, so, but not, when you get into the realm of like American torture porn, I'm not, I'm not into any of that genre, but I just, I love the, the fogginess and the haziness and like just the, the gore and the just where you can let go of logic. You, it, it, once you start getting confused, you can just say, yeah, it's Italian horror. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to, I'll have to um, brush up on my Italian horror see what there is that I can watch that's not cannibal holocaust because I don't want to watch the animal death yeah I'm yeah. with you I own it and I'm like I don't know why it's on my shelf I'm never gonna watch it again <laughs> yeah um I have some friends who have seen a lot more than I have and they're like you don't need to see that it's fine yeah you just skip it um so as you said before you're the co-host of uh, the unsung horror podcast um why did you think to start this podcast and how did you come up with the concept um, I, a lot of it had to do with, um, number one, we started it back in uh, September. Well, we actually started planning it in August of last year. And number one, I, you know, I missed my friend Lance. Um, he and I would go to Terror Tuesdays at Alamo Draft House here in Austin a lot. And um, I just, I missed talking to him about horror movies, but also, sort of the central part of it was wanting to create a horror podcast that I wanted to listen to. And, you know, not trying to throw any sort of disparity on any other horror podcast, but I feel like there's a sort of echo chamber going on where everyone's covering the same movies over and over again. And people aren't really going outside of their, their comfort zone. And, and I get that. And, you know, to each their own, like every, you know, if you want to cover your favorite movies and those happen to be, you know, Scream and Nightmare on Elm Street and and whatever else like I like those movies too but I don't have anything new to be said about those 
And a big part of it too, is that I'm always looking for new stuff to watch. Like there's plenty of stuff that I rewatched a lot of sort of the core mainstream stuff when I was younger. And so now in my thirties and getting into my forties, you know, my desire to watch new stuff is, is really prevalent. And I'm not so much like, oh, I should rewatch Nightmare on Elm Street 3 for the 20th time or whatever it may be. So a lot of it was just like creating the podcast that we would want to listen to, trying to shine some light on some underseen movies uh, for other folks to discover. Awesome. Uh, I have to ask, is the Alamo Draft House in Austin open again? Uh, some of the locations are yes, but it's limited programming, half capacity. Um, they don't have Terror Tuesday or Weird Wednesday or Video Vortex, like all the stuff that I go to, that's not, that programming is not back yet. Um, we actually did have um, one of the uh, programmers for Terror Tuesday, Joseph Ziemba, who also founded Bleeding Skull and is the director of AGFA, um, American Genre Film Archive, as, as a guest. And he told us that I hope I'm not oversharing from what he told us, but he said that they're hoping for June. So um, right around the corner. So hopefully that's going to be coming back soon. Awesome. I think I'll be there on a Tuesday. So hopefully maybe I can go to Terror Tuesday. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So what would you say are your top five favorite underseen horror movies that you've watched so far for the podcast? Ooh, okay. Um, I mean, we're still fairly new. We were only, we only just did episode 20, I think. And um, Primal Rage would be one. That's an Italian horror movie. And um, it has, it was written by Umberto Lenzi, which is another of my favorite Italian <laughs> horror movie directors. And it's about like, it's sort of monkey infects people, rage virus sort of thing. And it takes place during Halloween. And it's a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, Primal Rage would be one. Um, Mill of the Stone Women, which is um, the first Italian horror, Italian horror movie shot in color. And uh, it's about like a man who stuffs women, uh, kills women and then puts them in a carousel as like a display, which is kind of neat, in a windmill. And it's, it's neat. <laughs> so um, The Skeleton of Mrs. Morales, um, Mexican horror movie. Um, Sorry, trying to think. Uh, I'm not trying to make editing more difficult for you, I promise. No, it's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> um, Vax Dokken was the this um, Swedish, it's more thriller, but it definitely has horror elements, very similar to um, Psycho or even like the 80s comedy Mannequin, um, where a man brings a mannequin home with him and like treats it like a like his girlfriend. So there's been a lot, like the thing is too, is there's only been one episode where, because we take turns picking, there's been one episode where Lance picked a movie and I fucking hated it. And I just was like, no, I'm not saying anything nice about this. I said, I think I said one nice thing about the movie. You're like, it ended. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So we tend to, you know, we don't pick movies and then tear them apart. Like we want to, give people reasons that they should watch it. And Lance gave people who like that kind of movie that in that particular instance, plenty of reasons. Like if they like these kinds of movies, they would enjoy it. I hated it, but um, that's kind of the thing is like, it's hard to kind of pick the top because I've really enjoyed a a lot of them so far. 
Um, most of them have been Italian. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that's really that's really interesting to hear. I would have thought that with like the most underseen horror movies that they would all just be trash. So there's yeah, there's there's so many good ones out there. And I think the thing too is that it's you know a lot of people there, I mean, there are some people obviously who've seen these movies before. We're not like tapping into like absolutely undiscovered or anything like that. But oh, so like the so the idea of under a thousand on letterbox, there's so many movies that are under a thousand because a lot of people who like horror tend to watch the same mainstream movies and sort of over and over again. And so movies that do have some sort of cult following, albeit small, are still like under that 1000 threshold. And we've had to sneak a few in there that were like right at 900 and we're like, okay, we got to get cover that one this month <laughs> so we can get to it. Cool. Um, so can you tell tell us um, what un- underseen movies you're going to be covering in the future? Uh, yeah, we're actually recording uh, next week. We're doing an <laughs> Italian horror movie called Patrick Still Lives. And um, that's actually a either ripoff or unofficial sequel. And that's probably another sort of favorite subgenre is knockoff movies of popular franchises but this one wasn't a popular franchise but um there's an australian horror movie called patrick about a guy in a coma with telekinetic powers who um starts killing people so patrick still lives is um basically the italian version of that it's very sleazy and it's not for everyone um (laughs) and we're gonna have a you know we're gonna have a guest on there sam deegan she's a author and film historian. She does a lot of film commentaries for labels like Vinegar Syndrome, uh, Arrow, 88 Films, stuff like that. Um, I didn't check the list to see what Lance's next pick after that is. I know the few on my list, um, one of Fulci's underseen movies, and it's not technically horror, it's more of a period piece, but it's got horror elements to it, is um, Beatrice Cenci or Beatrice Senchi, if I was saying it as an American. Um, so it's more, that one's more kind of like period piece, but it's based on a true story in Italian history. So I'm looking forward to, to that one. And then um, we might do some Shaw Brothers horror movies. We're, we're still trying to figure out if we wanna, if we wanna do that, get into some Kung Fu horror. Oh, that's, that's interesting. I'm not familiar with uh, any movies by Shaw or Shaw movies, I don't know. Is they're that, super fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's there's a, a channel on on YouTube. I think it's Wu Tang Collection that has tons of them on there. Um, oh, okay. That so I watch tons on there. You know because they're for free. And yeah. uh, I mean I own a handful, but really they're all there's so many on YouTube that you can just jump in and watch any goofy sort of kung fu movie. It's fun. Yeah. Um. So since you spend a lot of your time watching underseen horror movies, do you actually like modern horror movies? Uh, are you a fan or? Um, few and far between, you know, there, there's a few that have come out in the last, um, I don't know, in this century, like 2000s and up that I can say that I, that I did like, um, we, I already mentioned the Suspiria remake already yeah. being one of them. Um, I did enjoy, um, you know, Hereditary and Midsummer, and, um, It Follows, The Witch, um Cronenberg's um not the possessor possessor mm-hmm. um it follows um possum um that was that one's on Amazon Prime mm. um 
there was another Christmas one too, which I was really surprised that I was going to like, um, called better watch out that I, um, I love, I love that movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I watched it and I was like, Oh, I know what this is going to be. And then it totally flipped on. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. It got dark real fast. Yeah. So yeah, I, there, there's a few that I like, but I can, uh, I can say like, I really don't like anything that Blumhouse puts out. It's oh, really? Just, yeah. Oh. Any of the jump scare conjuring insidious all that stuff. I think I mean get out was technically Blumhouse but I'm like it's not a Blumhouse movie and and I say that where uh, but at the same time I don't um I, I'm not like you know fuck Blumhouse whatever because they're still keeping the horror movie machine moving you know like if they keep making those movies that keep making money, then movies like the ones that I mentioned are going to get more of an opportunity. So I understand their place in the world. They're just not for me. Yeah, totally understandable. Um, so what's your favorite horror movie that you've seen so far in 2021? Ooh. Um, do you mean that came out this year or just- Yeah, like that came me? out this year. Oh, I'm- uh, <laughs> 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 All right. Next question. Yeah. Well, actually, I, I will. I will say this, and I well, I can't actually say the um, the name of the movie because I saw it at a test screening. But it is a movie that has a huge fan base, and I know has a lot of anticipation for it from the horror fans, and I think they are going to like it. I think it's fine. Um, but yeah, I, like I don't really watch new horror movies so yeah it's like when I go to the movies it's for Terror Tuesday and you know weird Wednesday video vortex that sort of thing so okay I think the closest I could get to a new horror movie this year is Cronenberg's Possessor but I think that was last year so yeah technically it was last year but yeah um I'm not a fan of body horror so I skipped that one Dave Cronenberg's Mm. not for not for me or his son, Brandon. Yeah. Um, but I hear it's great. Um, I mean, that's fair. It's yeah. That's the thing is like, not every subgenre is for everyone. Like, you know, like I mentioned, I don't, I I don't really like the, I'm not a big, uh, found footage or, um, possession or any, anything kind of along those lines. Yeah. Well, Um, the new ones, at least. (laughs) I watched the fly a couple months ago for the first time because I love Jeff Goldblum so I watched mm-hmm. the remake which it was great I love Jeff Goldblum um but it was just so hard to watch it was so gory oh <laughs> that's understandable though like I I get it like it, it like I said not every subgenre is for everyone yeah did you see um the movie Becky that came out last year uh, I did not that one was really fun I might suggest you if you liked better watch out you might like Becky okay so it's very Home Alone-ish, but okay. yeah. I'll give it a um, try. Yeah. <laughs> so last year, um, a couple articles came out that said that horror movie fans were handling lockdown the, better than non-horror movie fans. Why do you think that was? Um, I think a, a lot of it has to do with, um, I, I mentioned before, like the sort of social aspect and especially there's a lot of that online so that they still have like an open line of communication you know, there's even, um, they, uh, horror movie fans even have their own app now, the slasher app. So like they can go on there and 
you know, chat with, with horror fans. I think a lot of it too has to do with having things to do at home to not stay bored, like staying home and watching horror movies. Like I watched 1,045 movies last year. Cause oh my God. Well, yeah, it, I mean, I'm not proud of that. Well, kind of, but not really. Um, but they have a lot of, you know, opportunities to watch movies and horror movie fans are collectors. So it's not like they're sitting around being stir crazy. And a lot of it has to do too with the sort of resurgence of physical media, especially in the last few years with boutique labels like Vinegar Syndrome and Severin. Um, 88 films putting out a lot of really great horror movies. And so I just think that they know how to fill their time better, really. Like they know they're like, oh, I don't have, can't go out, don't have anything to do, watch a horror movie. Yeah, that's a great answer. It's probably very true too. <laughs> um, so how do you decide what horror movie to watch when you're looking for something to watch? Um, sometimes it, it's, it's, um, mood dependent or how tired I am usually on the on the weekdays after a day of work you know I'm staring at a screen all day and um probably do I feel like reading subtitles probably not so um that might be you know I don't want to do an extra level of work to watch a movie um a lot of times though I I'm watching just based on like what's in my watch list that I haven't gotten to yet so I'll kind of scroll through that on on either letterboxd or whatever I've added to um, to Amazon or Tubi. Um, or if I've got a recording coming up, we'll usually, I'll usually watch at least two or three other movies related to the one movie that we're covering. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's either podcast driven or how tired am I, or what's in my watch list that I feel like, and what, what's, what's standing out to me, kind of like in the video store where it's like, you're kind of scrolling through and like, what's, what's standing out to me? What do I want to grab off the shelf? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, back when we were all packing into movie theaters, did you ever have any noteworthy experiences seeing a horror movie in theaters? Um, yeah, I think, um, I mean, Terror Tuesdays are always fun. Um, I, I, I would go to a Terror Tuesday, even if it's a movie that I'm just kind of eh about. But I think the last Terror Tuesday that I saw was, and, and actually I do really like uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, the Gary Oldman one. And that, I think that might've been the last Terror Tuesday I saw. And just the, the theater experience to me is just, is always really fun. Yeah. And so I would even go to see like Nightmare on Elm Street 5, which I just <laughs> like the about, but um, there, there was, uh, we also have um, Austin Film Society here, which has a theater too, and they do a lot of retrospective programming. And um, we went to go see Rear Window, which I know isn't horror, it's thriller. It's sort of horror, yeah, it's thriller. Horror elements. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and what was really neat was that there, you know, you go to a, a Hitchcock screening, you think everyone's going because they've seen this movie and they love it. But when it gets to a certain point in, in the film where you know, the, the villain or the killer pops out of a corner, a girl behind us went, oh, and I was like, holy shit, she hasn't seen this movie before. That's amazing. Um, I guess, oh, you know what? I do remember the first horror movie I saw in theater as a kid though. And it wasn't this, I don't remember the theater experience exactly, but I remember coming out of it and it was Jaws 4 or Jaws the Revenge. 
I'm dating myself right now. That's how old I am. But um, 1987. And I remember coming out of the theater and being like, my movie was dumb because of the shark roaring. And I was a huge shark work or a huge shark week nerd. And so the shark roaring just totally took me out of the movie, but I've since gone back and I love the movie. I think it's campy fun. Nice. Um, What's your favorite horror franchise? I don't know if I can call it a franchise, but like, you know, the three mothers trilogy by Argento, even though the third one mother of tears is terrible. So I don't think I could give it my favorite. (laughs) Um, I, I actually, I really enjoy the Omen, um, and there's only three of them, but I, I like those ones a lot. Um, probably, I guess if I had to pick one, I would probably say Hellraiser because I love, love, love one and two. I saw one, when I first saw the original Hellraiser, that sort of turned a knob in my head. And I was like, oh shit. Like, cause at that point I had just been watching like Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th. And I was like, what is this movie? And um, I love one and two, three, I don't care for. Four, I will defend. Um, the rest I know are God awful, but anytime one of them comes out, I will still watch it where the, that's not the case for you know, the, the new Texas chainsaw movies and like Leprechaun or anything else like that. So, um, I guess if I had to pick one, I'd go Hellraiser. Nice. I saw the first Hellraiser for the first time a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Oh yeah. I thought it was so ridiculous. Oh, <laughs> I know a lot of people love them. So whatever we can agree to disagree. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, like if you, if you're not a fan of body horror, then this one can be a little bit it's not for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know if you'll have an answer for this because you don't like modern horror movies, but there were a number of movies that were postponed uh, from being released last year due to COVID. Uh, which one are you most looking forward to seeing, if any? Yeah, really? Not. No. I, I'm not, I wouldn't say that I'm really looking forward to any. I, I will see Candyman when it comes out. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see. I really love the original and I'm curious I'm curious about it. I wouldn't say looking like frothing at the mouth, like a lot of other yeah. fans are for that and, and some other ones, but um, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm interested in candy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, are there any horror movies that you love that people generally don't like? Um, I don't know that I, I have like a, very unpopular like specific movie in that sense maybe more so of like general sentence um maybe more so like general sentiments i i feel like i gravitate towards movies from the 70s and earlier um black and white subtitles and i know that puts a lot of younger <laughs> horror fans off so I, I think it's more of like movie elements versus a specific movie valid um if you could remake one horror movie which one would it be oh uh i i think i yeah i mentioned earlier i'm not a fan of remakes i can only name a few so the um what's it called um it it takes place in a mausoleum it's basically like a a dare movie the these sorority girls dare one girl to spend the night in a mausoleum one dark night um, early eighties and it's got, um, 
not Jennifer Tilly, but her sister, Meg Tilly is in it. And it's got a really great concept. It's got some really neat moments, but it just, it's missing a lot and it lands. And so if you're going to do remakes, I wish they would pick movies like that, like some more sort of obscure non-franchise thing. And I know like remakes is like a cash in, um, but I would love to see some movies that were just okay be made into something really good. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree. What Um, about you? uh, I watched the movie Darkness Falls a couple of weeks ago and Mm -hmm. it's, it was bad, but I think the concept was good. So I think that would be an interesting one. And that's actually a recommendation that I got from a past guest on this um, podcast. She said, she said Darkness Falls. So I watched it and I was like, oh "Oh, yeah, that was that was interesting. It could have been good. Um, it was bad. Like the movie, the boogeyman was bad in 2005. It was, that movie was terrible, but, um, it, you know, it's an interesting concept. It could be, it could be done better. Yeah. There's, uh, an original, the boogeyman, um, 1980, I think, mm-hmm. um, which it, it's actually included. There's like a DVD box set of all of the boogeyman movies that 1981 is, is in there. And I like that one. It's okay. It's not like super great. I, I don't think I've ever seen any of the new Boogeyman movies though. I don't know if the 2005 one was related to the 1980s ones. I had never mm. heard of the 1980s ones. I'm not really a fan of 1980s horror, but um, yeah, all my friends are. They're like, we love this 80s horror movie. And they're like, Allison, you're going to hate it. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's okay. That's fine. <laughs> okay. So my last question is if you had to spend quarantine with one horror villain, who would it be? Um, so my, actually my initial thought was Hannibal, but I know a lot of your guests have said that already. <laughs> so I'm skipping that one. And I, um, I thought about it and I think that, um, Edward Lionheart from Theater of Blood, um, played by Vincent Price, would be a lot of fun because he basically is killing people in ways based on um, Shakespearean plays. And so I think it would just be really neat to sit around and see like what new like ways to kill people he's coming up with. And you know, he would always just be very just sort of over the top and, and fun, but it could also probably wear thin. So I might be, I might be setting myself up for like, oh my God, when are you going to shut up and stop speaking at Shakespearean? But <laughs> I, <laughs> That's it could be fun. Answer. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here. Do you want to tell everyone where they can find you and uh, the Unsung Horrors podcast? Yeah, sure. Um, so I don't do personal social medias. I just have it for the podcast. So um, we're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all at Unsung Horrors. Um, it's available on any podcatcher where you can listen. And um, you can follow my co-host Lance. He does a lot of really cool horror art. Um, he's L Shiby at all and all the things, uh, including Letterbox, which I'm on that as well. Username on there is also watched. Um, and I guess our lo- and I just quick shout out for our logo was actually done by Lance's twin Cody Shiby, who. Uh, do you ever watch The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob? I I don't, but I have a lot of friends who do. Okay. So, um, Cody does a thing where like, he'll actually draw a scene from the movies that are being covered, like in real time, like he'll ink them and watercolor them and then, oh, cool. and then sell them. So it's really neat. So, um, 
yeah. So Cody Shivey too, he did our logo. So shout out for him. <laughs> awesome. I'll put links to all their socials in the show notes. Sure. Uh, thank you so much again for being here. Um, everyone go check out her podcast. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> That's it for this week's episode of Who's There. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Erica Schultz and thanks again to Erica for coming on. I'll leave links to her letterboxed and where you can find the Unsung Horrors podcast in the show notes. Make sure to check it out. It's great. Don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and you can follow us on Twitter at Who's There Pod. We're on Instagram at Who's There Podcast. Or if you have any questions, comments, concerns, horror movie recommendations, or you'd like to be a guest, shoot us an email at hello at whostherepodcast.com. Until next time, stay scary and wear a mask.